We are the Adventuring Guild. And this is the Homebrew Review. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of the Homebrew Review. This week, the terrible darkness and hate and evil has come to the city, and our very own magical girl is on the call. So, hope, or actually, no, we'll go ahead and start with our introductions, and then I will read this intro going right into it. So go ahead and start with your intros whenever you're ready, guys. Hello, we would just like to make note that we do realize that a lot of the music involved has nothing to do with magical girls, but is very kawaii, very cutesy, very lighthearted, very anime-esque. And as such, we're using it unapologetically. So please enjoy the music for the kawaii experience that it is. Hey everyone, this is Virgil playing Corin, the human shinobi. Uh, going into level 12, uh, the shinobi gets a few extra perks, uh... And I'll tell you kind of the build I'm making and uh, see kind of how I did this. Um, <clears throat> at level 9, you get uh, some more chakra points as well as... Uh, uh, that's about it, is new chakra uh, and the bump in proficiency. At level 10, I get the ability uh, Meditation. As an action, I can regain chakra points equal to my proficiency bonus. Uh, once per long rest. So in a, a heat of the moment kind of a deal, I'm out of points, I need to use a jutsu or something uh, as an action uh, once per long rest, I can just regain equal to my proficiency bonus and I'm back in the game. At level 11, I get my final Shinobi Way ability. Uh, I picked the uh, Genjutsu route with my character. So, with the Genjutsu style, my final ability is called Reality Sculpt. Um, I see this being very fun and very utility, uh, in fact, probably in ways that most people wouldn't think to use them. So, let me read it for you, just so you kind of get an idea of how, how useful this ability is going to probably end up being. Starting at 11th level... When you cast an Illusion Genjutsu that has a duration of one minute or longer, I can use my action to change the nature of that Illusion using the spell's normal parameters for the Illusion, provided that I can see it. Also, when I cast an Illusion spell of first level or higher, I can choose one inanimate, non-magical object as part of the Illusion and make that object real. You can do this on your turn as a bonus action while the spell is ongoing. The object remains real for a minute. For example, if you create an illusion of a bridge over a chasm and then make it real long enough for your allies to cross, the object can't deal damage or otherwise directly harm anybody. So now I can start manipulating the battlefield, terrain, uh, putting up walls, making them real. Now there's a real wall in between us and our enemies. Or make a bridge and then drop it. Just make the illusion disappear kind of a deal. And now there is a giant chasm between us and our opponents. So I see it as a very utility 
uh, ability as well as very defensive or offensive, trapping in ally, trapping in enemies, or uh, manipulating the battlefield or whatever the situation might be uh, for this class. So I am very excited to use that ability. Then at level 12, uh, the ability score increase. Uh, I took uh, Wisdom for this one just to max out my Wisdom, because Wisdom and Dex are the big two for the Shinobi. So now I have a 20 in my Wisdom, uh, which bumps up my AC, it bumps up my DC, uh, and uh, for my abilities. Also, I have new, uh, new Jutsu. I have a total of seven. So uh, right now I have uh, a Tai Jutsu called Iron Body which bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical means is reduced by three. I have Hydra Head, which is disguise self at will. I have the ability Agonize, which is a charisma save. Uh, if they fail, the creature is vulnerable to uh, a type of damage that I choose, uh, and it has to make a save at the end of each of its turns. So very powerful uh, if everyone's using the same style, the same damage type. You can pump out a lot of damage really quickly doing that. Uh, another one, a very crowd control type ability, is Mirror Prison. Uh, it's three uh, three shocker points. Uh, the creature has to make a charisma save. On a fail, they are locked in a prison of mirrors, and they have to break the mirrors to get out. But they take half the damage they do to the mirrors. So I'm locking them out of the battle, as well as doing significant damage, depending on how strong the opponent is. Um, and then I also took... A uh, new one, Misty Visions, so I can cast Silent Image at will, which is going to be very powerful with that Sculpt Reality, because it doesn't have a limit, so I can at will create images and illusions, uh, and then make them real. So, that's going to be very powerful. And then I took uh, the wording on the, uh, the Jutsu is a little confusing, so I end up with two Gekkei Genkai, uh, and what that is, is I took the, uh, the, uh, higher version of the Sharingan. I don't know if it's, once you have the Sharingan, if it goes up, or if you have to keep both. Uh, I don't know, it's not worded to say that, so, uh, without knowing, I'm saying you have to have both, just to make it a little easier, and because these are super powerful Jutsus. So I took the upgraded Sharingan which, uh, whenever I use my Sharingan, my AC bonus is now a plus two instead of plus one. Um, I still get the normal Sharingan abilities, as well as I can now use uh, Sukiyomi and Susano. Uh, Sukiyomi is a super powerful Genjutsu. It costs six key point, or six shocker points. It's a charisma save. If the creature fails, I get to make three actions immediately against that creature. Uh, all my abilities, range no longer matters. Uh, so any range ability, anything like that, is considered within range. So I get three immediate consecutive turns against it, and then at the very end of the turn, the creature must make another Charisma save, or take 66 Psychic damage, half on a fail. So a ton of damage, uh, real quick. I can only use it once per long rest. And the, the other ability is Susano. It's seven key points, so in another incredibly expensive ability. But for one minute, I am embodied uh, by a large... I conjure up large armor of translucent energy. Uh, the Susano has the stats of an Earth Elemental. So if I use it, Bob, I'll be asking you for the stats of an Earth Elemental, or I'll look it up on my phone or something. Uh, oh. uh, just so you know. Uh, 
but basically I am encased in this earth elemental. Uh, it acts on my turns, and uh, I can direct its actions, but I can't take any actions of my own, except for dismiss it as a bonus action. The other nice thing is, while I'm inside of it, I can't be targeted by attacks or spells. They have to target the uh, earth elemental. And again, that's also a once per long rest. So it's a really nice, big, uh, tanky ability if things are getting rough or we need uh, something or something along those lines. It would, it's just a really useful ability. Uh, so I am very excited uh, with my magic items. Uh, I have three now. The Boots of Elvenkind, which is advantage on stealth checks. I have the Dagger of Blind Sight, which gives me blind sight out to 33 feet. And the new one is a Ring of Free Action. Uh, difficult terrain no longer uses extra movement, uh, as well as I cannot be magic. My speed cannot be reduced magically, and I cannot be paralyzed or restrained. So that's going to make this uh, Shinobi just super mobile, hit people's faces. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how this character plays out in this next upcoming session. Hey everyone, it's Hope, and I'll be playing Keely, the human warlock, with the patron of the Cosmic Guardian. Uh, going into level 12, there's not too much that I really get specifically from the Cosmic Guardian. Uh, the main ability that I get is called Strength of the Stars. I am now immune to poison and disease and to frightened conditions. So that's really pretty awesome, and that's pretty much it specifically from the Cosmic Guardian. Otherwise, some of the things I got just for being the Warlock was I did get a couple of uh, new spells this time, one of which was Steel Wind Strike, which is one of the spells that I can get having the Cosmic Guardian as my patron. And so I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Uh, looking at uh, magic items that we got, I got the Ring of Regeneration, which means I get 1d6 hit point or health points every 10 minutes, and if I lose a body part, I can regenerate that in 1d6 plus 1 days. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. There's really not much to get from just having a patron, but I'm really excited to see uh, if Strength of the Stars will come in handy at all. Hey, listen up! If there's a wall in our way, then we smash it down. If there isn't a path, we carve one ourselves. The magma of our souls burns with a mighty flame. Just who in the hell do you think we are? Hello, everybody. It's me again, Micah, returning with everyone's crazy, mainly badass Kamina. Moving up to level 12, we have some pretty interesting stuff coming from our uh, Scald class, courtesy of Ace the Alchemist. Uh, yet, um, rather interesting ability in the Orator and the Orator. Uh, which, when I finish a short rest and I have no uses of intonation, I regain one. Um, so that that's nice to uh, kind of keep up the, the ability to use my key feature when I just don't have it around. Um, and then the, the, the super important one for me that, that I'm very thankful to finally be getting will in, in improve my survival, survivability a little bit in the form of the never-ending story which it's similar to a lot of the features you get when you fall to zero hit points. You know, you can, once per day, instead fall to one and have a, uh, an additional effect. This one, though, functions a little bit differently. Um, if I drop to zero hit points while I am while I'm intoning and don't die outright, I make a DC 10 charisma save. If I succeed it, I drop to one hit point instead. 
Each time I use this feature after the first, the DC increases by five. When my intonation ends after I've used this feature, I immediately drop to zero hit points and have to begin making death saves. After I finish a long rest, the DC resets to 10. So it's a, a, a multiple use feature that gets harder every time I have to use it. And then you know, once I finish my intonation, I collapse out of exhaustion. But you know, it's it can be really clutch in keeping keeping that intonation going and keeping everyone buffed up if I'm incurring a lot of damage and just keep me standing on the battlefield longer. Um, from my signature epic, The Quest of the Hero King, I get access to the hero's journey, the climax, um, which is, of course, the in, in the tale of the hero king. Uh, in his sorrow, the king seeks a cure for death after his friend just fell in battle. Um, in his travels, he finds a sage who tells him of a plant that is said to cure one, one of the mortal curses, but warns against searching for it. The king ignores his warning, however, and upon finding the herb, sees it devoured by a serpent. The king's lost chance inspires you to grant your allies even more drive to succeed. And so, creatures that I grant an intonation die who can have a max can now have two intonation die at any time. And when I grant one, I would instead grant two. A creature can only use an intonation die once per turn. So now, once I give you those intonation die, you get four usages of it, and it just really kind of spreads the love, if you will, and really solidifies us as the the, the, the newly reformed Team Diegaret. Hello, hello, hello! It is me, Mountain Rhino, back again with our Pokemon trainer, Max Stone. This time around, we've got our trainer's resolve. When we reach level 10, we've had our fair share of experience in difficult battles and have emerged victorious and strong. I'm now immune to fear and may choose the second saving throw to become proficient with it. As well, part of my trainer path, I am now a tactical master. Certain trainers choose to excel in one area, utilizing it to its fullest potential. When you reach level 9, choose to increase all of your Pokemon's speed by 10, increase their strength by 1, increase their dex by 1, or increase their con by 1. So I'm pretty excited to do that. All of our, my Pokemon are a little bit stronger for the bonds we've built. And yeah, I'm excited to bring to you stronger Pokemon. The challenge rating of the Pokemon has gone up, so we have some cool new members of the team. And I can't wait to show it to you all. So thank you once again for having me on this amazing podcast. And let's get started. All right, then. So where we left off last time, you guys had rescued all the Pokemon from our own uh, Max Stone's hometown. And you guys are now on your way to the big city. So Hope, your animal companion, uh, warns you that the powers of darkness are going to are gathering to attack the city. They will unleash untold destruction there. You have diligently been preparing yourself by discovering the pure essence of your magic and that love conquers all. With your newfound upgraded powers, you know that together through the power of friendship, you can conquer this evil. So you guys uh, appear kind of in the beginning of this very large urban spread and uh, the city sprawls in front of you as night begins. You know that the attack will come tonight, but you don't yet know where. So what would you guys like to do to kind of prepare for this great evil that will be showing up? Um, I would like to uh, take an action to transform into my Magicka form. Okay. Uh, I am going to stand in awe at the sight of such a thing as a city having never seen one before. It's not, nothing more, more prevalent than 
the many underground villages that we've lived in, everything <laughs> else I've seen has just been wasteland and it's just people actually live above ground like this? Okay. I'm going to let out my trusty Ivysaur, who's not seen any playtime yet, and also comment on the fact that Hope can evolve at will. <laughs> <laughs> mega evolution. Hope has a mega evolution. <laughs> she does! I hadn't seen it in person, and I've never seen a person do it. <laughs> That's funny. Alright, Virgil, anything you'd like to do before start? Nope. Alright. So you guys begin to uh, make your way into the city. Uh, you notice that uh, there are a few people milling around. It's, you know, getting late in the evening, so there isn't a ton of people. But all of a sudden, uh, right as you're about to comment on the fact that there's a polytoad just kind of wandering around, Max, uh, all of a sudden you guys see the uh, obvious uh, polytoad there and then the trainer that it belongs to, as well as the individual next to it, start, like, clutching their heads and... And all of a sudden, they begin to change, kind of like Hope's transformation, but awful and evil, including the Polytoad itself. Go ahead and everybody roll the initiative as these evil powers have corrupted these people, and they begin to charge towards you. I got a 15. I got a 20. Ivy Star got a 15. Mac got a 18. Goran got a 7. All right, so the enemies... And I'm going to roll uh, two separate uh, deals here. One for the Pokemon and uh, uh, one for the people. So that is a five and a three. So they're actually going to go just back to back after you. I'm going to go the Corrupted Politoed first. All right. So then the initiative order will go Kiwi, Max, Kamina, Ivyzar, Corin, Politoed, and then the uh, two people. So, we go ahead and start this. They uh, are about 30 feet away from you guys. The Politoed has swollen up and morphed into this really disgusting toad-like monster. And the uh, two individuals that were there, the trainer and uh, whoever that other person was, just a random individual, uh, they are all kind of, they look a little bit different. The uh, individual, the Pokemon trainer, now has some sort of strange magic that appears to be manifesting physical objects around them strangely. And the uh, other individual that was standing nearby seems to be glowing with kind of a, a extremely bright, harsh-looking light. So, Kiwi, what would you like to do? They're about 30 feet away, the uh, corrupted Pokemon and the two people. Huh? You know, I'm just gonna start off, hopefully with a bang. I am going to use, uh, Circle of Death. <laughs> okay. And so, that is a con save. Alright, and who would you be, how, how big is the, uh, circle? A 60 foot radius. Okay, then you would definitely be able to catch all of them in it. Oh, let me roll here. Alright, one passed automatically in nat 20, um, so I don't know what the modifier is, but uh, the other two rolled a 5 each. Okay, um, so it's 8d6 uh, necrotic damage and half on a save. So the one will take half, the others will take full. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and say that it was a Pokemon trainer hiding kind of behind the Pokemon. That's 18 points of necrotic damage. Alright. 
And so that's nine points for the one who passed. Okay, we then, uh, anything as a bonus action or anything? Um, I do want to just, uh, call to attention that for the master form, I do get, now that, um, my warlock level increased, my temporary HP start at the beginning of each turn is now 12. Okay. So, yeah, just putting that out there. So that's just another, uh, fun little thing. Uh, otherwise, yep, that's it for the turn. Alright, go ahead then, Max, and what would you like to do? I forgot to mention, my, I've got magic items now. I'm equipped with uh, the Ring of Evasion. can succeed at any deck saving throw by spending a charge that I would have failed instead. As well as the boost of speed, and oh, my bag of holding so I can hold everything. Uh, I, for my turn, am going to kind of move back a little bit so that I am not in the dark, like, line of fire. Okay. And ready for Ivysaur. Alright, we then move on to Kamina. Alright, so I'm going to unsheath my mighty sword. And as I do, just this super sick beat starts thudding around me. And everyone who is my friend immediately gains 8 temporary hit points. And will gain 8 temporary hit points at the start of each of their turns. You're also going to gain a plus two to damage rolls, and you also gain two intonation die, which are now d8s that you can use once. You can use each one once per turn for the various effects that, that I have uh, described. Um, you can add it. You can roll it to add to an attack. You can roll it to add to AC, or you can roll it to add to the damage of an attack, or you can roll it to add to a saving throw. So got some some wonderful uses for that and then we are going to i think as an action i think we're just gonna move in and, and uh take a swing at one of the non-pokemon trainer peoples okay and once again as being in uh in in, in being Kamina as he is i'm just gonna charge in and uh take a big heaving slash utilizing my epic burper Okay. And I'm going to drop a d20 as I do it. I'm going to guess, just on a whim, Bob, that a 25 will hit. Kind of. Almost. <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely hits. That's going to be 3, 5, 8, 10, 9, 10, 11, uh, 15 points of slashing damage to him. Ouch. Because I tell him to listen up and face Alright, we then move on to Ivysaur. Alright, Ivysaur is going to use Sleep Powder. Alright, on the oh. Corrupted Politoed? On every bad guy I can. Ooh, okay, yeah, you'd be able to get, is it a, uh, well, if it's a, well, shoot, does it say? Because no, because Pokemon is all one-on-one, -on -one. you don't really have AoEs, do you? Not, well, that's the DC save. Any of the AoEs are a DC save. Okay, so, I'm just trying to think, because Kamina ran up there and attacked that one, so he would be kind of in the line of fire, is my only thought. I mean, do I mind if Kamina goes to bed? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go it's ahead. Crazy. Yeah, I'll go ahead. If it's an AoE like that, I'll have Kamina make the save as well. Okay. The DC 16 save. Alright, uh, what type? Wisdom. Wisdom. Two definitely pass. I roll a 16 just to start. The other one, I'm going to say it's the Politoed. 
uh, failed with a three. Well, rolled a three plus two. I rolled. I got an eight. Uh oh. <laughs> so you are both, both you and Placeholder asleep, and I will get the definition of that for you in just a second. That is also going to end my intonation. Oh, mistakes were made. Alright, sleep status is... This book is so... Like, has so much information. Uh, sleep. Creature that is asleep is incapacitated and restrained for a maximum of three rounds, failing all strength and dex saves during that time. A sleeping creature can make a DC 12 with some save bonus action at the beginning of each of its turns to attempt to wake up. Okay. We then move on to Corinth. Alrighty. Um... So it's the big Pokemon, and then the did the big Pokemon sleep, the other two are okay? Yeah, the corrupted Pokemon is uh, asleep, the other two are fine. Okay, I'm going I'm going to use my silent... How close are they together? Uh, they would all be within a 10-foot radius. Because the Poke... The, uh, Politoed would be right in front of the Conjurer, and the Diviner was standing kind of right next to it. Okay, what I'm going to do then, with Amina having fallen asleep, I'm going to use Silent Image to make a square, little kind of a cube, because it's a 15-foot cube. I'm going to make a basically a whole block around them, just the, the Conjurer and the Diviner dude. Uh, I'm going to do that with Silent Image to make a wall around them, and then I'm going to use Reality Sculpt to make it real. So they are locked within a giant stone box. Okay, and uh, what do you need to do to get out of that? I don't know. What do you have to do to get out of that, Robert? No, I mean, is there like a, oh no, you're just making the illusion real, so there is no save for them, is there? No. Gotcha, okay. Then I'm going to move up to the Pokemon. Okay, you move up to the Pokemon. Let's see here. Uh, your sleep, is there a save on that at the beginning or end of the turn? Beginning DC 12 with them. Okay. That was a bonus action, right? Correct. Yep, and it rolled a 13 plus 2, so it Politoed wakes up. Uh, that didn't take its action, it was just at the beginning of its turn, correct? Correct, as six. a bonus action. Okay, as a bonus action then, it is awake. So then it is going to go ahead then, and uh, Corin, since you moved right up to it, so then it makes a bite attack against you. I need a DC 15 uh, save against grappling. Okay. Because that was a 20 to hit, so I'm guessing that hits. Not nap, but 20. Uh, DC deck save? Uh, yeah. Uh, 18. All right, then you are... Right. No, 22. Okay, yep. You are not grappled then, but you do take 24 points of piercing damage from that. All right, we then move on to the uh, two individuals that are within that cube. Let's see. The one, as a bonus action, can teleport 30 feet. Oh, wait, no, it has to be able to see the spot. Um, they're just stuck in the box. Uh, the, you hear some mumbling begin to happen from within the box, but that's basically it that they can do. They have nothing else they can do. Uh, so then we move on to... Uh, yeah, because nothing nothing can be done here. So then we move on to Kiwi. There is uh, a corrupted polytoad sitting there. <laughs> That's it. All right, then I will use Eldritch Blast Power on the polytoad. All right. And that is uh, 21. 
Yep, that hits. Good. I would be sad if it didn't. <laughs> 26. Alright. It is still standing, but not by a bunch. Uh, we then move on to Max. Uh, it's just Holly Toad and then the big stone cube where those people have been left to die. I'll move out of the way a little bit and get ready for Ivysaur's turn. Alright. Uh, Kamina, it is then on to you. Alright. That is a... You said it was a DC-12? Wake up. Right up. Yeah, DC-12. Woo! I rolled a 12! Good job. <laughs> Alright, so... What's going on? Yeah. Where'd this box come from? Beast man! And uh, we will uh, use our regular action to swing a giant sword at a little frogman. Will Bob a 18 hit the polytoad? Yes, it will. Alright, so that will be... And since I am not intoning anymore, I don't get that charisma modifier. Minimum damage. <laughs> that is five points of slashing damage. Alright. We then move on... Oh, uh, bonus action or anything? My bonus action was to wake up. Alright. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Ivy's are it's your turn. Alright, I'm going to do... Let's try out uh, Razor Leap. So, right. Ivysaur uses Razor Leap on Polytoad. It's super effective. Should be. A non-natural 20 to hit. Yes, that hits. Okay, 44 damage. That's 16 damage. Super effective. Right. It is not standing by much. Alright. Oh, go ahead. That's Ivysaur's turn. Okay, we then move on to Corrin. Alright, I will go up to... Uh, I'm going to use Death Mark on it, so it takes extra damage. And then I will attack it with my dagger. That is a 20 to hit. Yep. Alright, so that then does... 7 points of piercing damage. And it died. Well, it falls to the ground unconscious, and you see that that evil, malignant energy dissipate, and it goes back to its original polytoad state, unconscious. Alright. Um, now it would normally be the polytoad's turn, but it's unconscious, so it's out of the fight. And now we just have the diviner and the conjurer that are once again still stuck in the, the box, so move back to Kiwi. Virgil, what's the duration of that? It says a minute, but uh, however, in the description it says uh, I can make it real long enough for my ally to cross. So um, uh, my understanding would be that I could drop it within a minute. Okay. okay. So on my turn, I'm going to drop it. Okay. Kiwi, what would you like to do? It's your turn. Uh, well, since I can't really see him, can't really do much then. Um, I guess I will just, uh, hold my action. Okay. Max, uh, what would you like to do? So when you say a box, is there a lid on top of it? No, literally I made a giant stone hollow cube and out of an illusion and then made it real. So they're literally trapped in a giant stone structure oh. with no opening. Oh, no, no opening. So no, there is a room. Yes, there is a room. Crap. It's going to try and just dump sleep powder in there. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep, bad guys. Um, 
But on my turn, I'm going to drop the whole thing, so... Yeah, so I'm just trying to decide who would be the right Pokemon to have out. Um, is there... No, let's see. Uh, I'm going to return Ivysaur and send out Skarmory. Okay. A steel bird. Alright, just waiting then for... Uh, does it keep the same initiative or does it roll new? Nope. Ooh, that was my control. It's uh roll I hope it's a four. <laughs> Alright. It'll go still before um the enemies. Alright, uh let me cross our czar off here. Alright, Tamina. I'll walk up to the box and just like tap on it with my sword and just You cowards come out there and fight! <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're like, we're trying! You're not trying hard enough! If there's a wall in your way, smash it down! <laughs> we're trying! Alright. Um, holding your turn then, or are you just gonna taunt them? I'm gonna taunt them. Alright. We then move on to I'm Corrin. Like, Mom, can, I, can I intimidate them? You can give it a try, yeah. Um, that is a 23 to intimidate. Okay, they're both very intimidated of you. But they can't flee or, or anything. They're just stuck there. <laughs> that's all I need. That's all I needed. I just I just needed to know that I have the upper hand. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see here. We then move on to uh, Corin. Okay. Uh. What I'm because it does not say Robert. I'll let you be the DM judge on this one. Uh, to drop it, would that just be a free action? Would it use my action or a bonus action? I'd say you just drop it. It's a free action. You're just stopping to can't. You're just stopping to cast a spell, or you don't. Appear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then I pull out three daggers and I throw. Uh, I throw all three of them, and right as the illusion drops, they basically or the real drop, the daggers go straight in uh, into the box and attack the creatures. Okay. Is it there. just a ranged attack like normal? Yeah. So right. just the. Uh, basically make a ranged dagger attack as all. Yep, you would have disadvantage so. on the attack because you can't see them when you're throwing them. Because you said you're throwing all three and then dropping it, or are you going to drop it and then throw? Uh, I, the way I said it, I'm going to stay with it because it's cool and okay. whatnot. So, uh, disadvantage, that's a 27 to hit. Yep. <laughs> um, that is seven points of damage. All right. And then the other two, that's uh, 12 to hit. Yep. That is six points of damage. All right. And the last one is uh, nine to hit. Not quite enough, no. Yeah. So Uh that is... And then I'm going to run up uh, uh, to the casters as close as I can. And that is my turn. Okay. We then move on to... Oh, Hope, did you want to go right now, or do you want to wait till after uh, Rhino's Pokemon? I was going to jump in and say that, yeah, I'd like to go right now. Okay, go ahead. Oh, so now that we can see them, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I would like to use Steel Wind Strike. That's the 15. 13 is enough. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, that's 41. Alright, another one goes down. And then there's still one left, right? Yes. 
Okay, then uh, since it's up to five creatures, I will attack the second creature. Alright. That's a 24. Yep, that hits. Awesome. And that's 21 points of damage. Alright, it's still standing, but not by a whole lot. On then to your Pokemon Rhino. Uh, its turn was being sent out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, we then move on to the Conjurer. The Conjurer being the only one that's still there, it stops its Conjuring spell now that it is here or whatever. And in a last-ditch effort to take you guys out, it plants a Cloud Kill spell uh, right in front of it. So, like, right I'm so that it's... I'm going to attempt to counterspell that, Bob. Okay, go ahead. It's fifth level. That is... 10 plus... Oh, that's a 15. Okay, it is then cancelled. So I just slashed my sword and... What did I say? <laughs> Alright. Uh, that is all that it can do, so then we move on to... Actually, no, it's going to turn tail and run. It turns tail and run. Uh, everybody within five feet can make an opportunity attack. Oh, I am definitely going to epic fervor Lily attack him. Oh, nope, I lied, I lied, I lied. Okay, as a bonus action, the Conjurer can uh, teleport up to 30 feet. Whoop! It teleports 30 feet away and takes off running. So now it is 60 feet away from you guys. Uh, Kiwi! Come back and fight, you coward! Oh, no, not Kiwi. You uh, held your position, so you are uh, after corn now. Uh, Max, it is your turn. So, Bob, I have a very quick question. Yes. I think I read this rule wrong. It says, at the start of a battle, you make one initial roll for both you and your Pokemon using your trainer's initiative bonus. Oh, yeah. So then it would go on your initiative. You don't have okay. your own turn then, basically. Th that makes sense, because, like, my turn is its turn kind of thing. Okay, we'll just start going under that assumption now. So then it would be yeah. you and your Pokemon's turn. Well, because my Pokemon is going after me every time, this still works out. Uh, I've got... Skarmory out. It has a fly speed of 40, and then it can use... So, Bob, my question is, we've got fly, which has a range of 50, but it's a two-turn move. Mm -hmm. And then there's spike, which is 80 feet range, and you set up a trap with spike that hurts Pokemon that come into battle. The trainer's in a range and switches out a Pokemon, you can spend a reaction to make a ranged attack on the incoming, with spikes that come out of the ground doing 1d6 plus move damage on a hit. Oh. So... Mm -hmm. Would that be the... <laughs> Does somebody fleeing into spikes in the ground count as a hit? Yeah, if you put them in, if you put them sixty feet in front of them, uh, they would have to go over it. But uh, for an opportunity attack, it would have to be a, a melee attack. Yeah, not for opportunity, but just as they're running across it. Kind of thing. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and is there anyone else left around, or is that the last guy? That's the last one. The other two are now unconscious in their original forms, uh, having been having had the evil energy uh, taken from them when they fell unconscious. Okay, I'm going to have Skarmory go with full 40-foot movement speed and then use Fly. Okay. Alright, we then move on to Kamina. Alright, I am going to move my full 30 feet towards him. Okay. And then we are going to utilize. We are going to cast forceful battle cry. So I'm just going to once again shout about his cowardice, being a craven poltroon, if you will, and utilizing my epic fervor ability because it also applies to anything that requires a spell attack roll. Going to attack at advantage with forceful battle cry against this fleeing madman. 
All right. That is a 17 to hit. Yes, that very easily hits. All right, he will take 3d6 thunder damage. He also needs to make a constitution save, Bob. That was a 14 plus 2, or no, 14 plus 1. So he just fails, so he will take 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 thunder damage, and he is pushed 10 feet. 9, you said? Yes. All right, and it's 10 feet away from you, correct? Yes. Okay, he is standing with a single health point and is now 40 feet away from you, uh, 70 feet away from everybody else. All right, we then move on to Quarren. All right, um, I'm going to move my full movement speed and throw a dagger. All right. That's a 26 to hit. Yep, and he had a single health point, so he goes down. Okay. All right. Well, then, uh, everything has gone quiet. You see that those people are laying unconscious on the ground, but they're out of those evil, terrible forms. So, just like we did with the Ninja Village, we're going to head and start... Uh, we're going to go ahead and start a skill challenge. So, you guys can see that some sort of dark, evil-looking, magical cylinder is beginning to appear in the middle of the city, and you guys need to make your way there. It will take uh, five successful... Uh, well, I mean, five successful saves will get you there in the best possible way without any other kind of impediments or anything. But, uh, go ahead and we'll need five total skill saves. One from each of you and then one addition. So, what would you do as you are running through this city to get to the dark cylinder of energy where the, uh, major big boss is going to emerge? I would yell out, clear the way, we're coming through! And, uh, attempt to scare people out of our path. All right, go ahead and roll the Intimidate check. That is a 22. Yes, that is very easily more than enough. You even see some of those that are affected by the evil energy turn and flee instead of face you. All right, who would like to go next? That's one success. Um, I would like to uh, cast Minor Illusion and kind of like make almost like kind of like the SWAT team barricade and like just a little bit ahead of us to like kind of help like give us some space so they see like this giant like kind of wall type thing running at them in front of us that way it'll just help kind of clear the way a little bit i guess all right go ahead then and uh roll either an arcana or like some sort of spell attack roll or um use like persuasion or something to uh help that bolster that so it isn't just a normal barricade you know that is a 16 all right, that is one point more than what you needed to pass it. So yes, you are able to, uh, with your between your magic and your instructions, make sure everybody knows to keep clear, and you're able to kind of further uh, clear the way. All right, who would like to go next? Three more successes are needed. Uh, I'd like to, as we're running through, keep an eye out for any traps. Okay, go ahead and make an uh, uh, investigation or perception check. Twenty-four. All right, yes, as you're running ahead, you see that there are several magical runes drawn on the ground, and you're pointing them out to your allies as you guys weave your way uh, through the streets, getting towards the middle of town. Two more checks. We need one from Rhino or one of your Pokemon, and then uh, there's one up for grabs from anybody. So what needs to be done? Uh, right now, you're almost, since there's only two checks left, you are almost to the middle of the city. And we're going to go ahead and uh, visualize this a little bit. You're in some sort of park or some sort of playground type area. You know, jumping the fence on the other side, you need to get across. The uh, big cylinder seems to be 
manifesting in a giant plaza between a bunch of really tall skyscrapers. So in front of you, there is a playground with a bunch of equipment. There um, are people running and hiding. There's some evil people running around. Uh, giant fence in front of you that needs to be scaled. What would you like to do to, to further the cause? Could I use I sort of try and cut down the fence? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Alright. Uh, make an attack roll, I guess? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, that'll be fine. Otherwise, I'm good to do a skill check if you want to tell me what you want. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Uh, it, what Pokemon do you have out? I For this, I'll switch from Skarmory to Ivysaur. Okay, go ahead and have it make an athletics check to, like, cut through the... Me- go ahead and attack rolls fine, I guess. Because you're using your Pokemon's abilities and all of your, your... Your entire class is built upon their attacks, so go ahead for that. Pokemon do have skill check abilities as well, but it's a 17 to Yep, that's more than what you needed by two points, so you're able to cut down that fence rather than you guys having to scale over it, and you continue barreling down the uh, way. You guys are almost to that central plaza. There are fewer people than what you'd expect. Most of the people around you now are either corrupted or in the process of becoming corrupted. Uh, Otherwise, it's basically just city streets and tall skyscrapers. What would you guys like to do from here? I need one more check from somebody of some variety. I am going to shout a bolstering war cry to our party to uh, uh, hasten our movements and and help us to charge through quicker. Alright, go Um, ahead with either a persuasion type check or a what was I going to say? Arcana check because you're using your magic to do it. Whatever you want. We're 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 actually going to do a performance, Bob. Oh yeah, duh. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Um, oh. That's a 14. A 14. One point shy of what you needed. So, uh, with all the screaming and the madness around you, you were drowned out just enough that some of your allies weren't quite able to hear what you were saying. But nonetheless, you have arrived at where the mega powerful evil magic is at. And as you guys get there about 40 feet away from where you need, and you guys can arrange yourselves how you want, uh, 10, 15 feet, plus or minus either way, a dark magical girl erupts out of a central plaza type area. She bursts out through the ground and is holding in her hand some sort of strange lockbox looking chest. You're not sure what's in it, but if this dark magical girl has it, it's obviously a very evil item. And she points next to her and all of a sudden a minion type individual one of the uh random people that were still milling around is enveloped by all of this horrendously dark evil magic and transforms go ahead and everybody roll me initiative as these two enemies attack oh who got higher than 20 23 for corin okay 20 to 15 uh that would be me Sorry. 16 all right for max 15 to 10 14. All right. And uh, then Kamina. I got a five. Okay. All right. And then the enemies rolled a nine and a 12. So the uh, magical girl will go uh, right after Kiwi with a 12. And then the minion-y kind of individual will go right after them with a nine. So the turn order will go Corin, Max, Kiwi, the magical girl, the other summoned thing, and Kamina. So, to set the stage for you guys, there are giant skyscrapers all around you. There's a giant pole in the ground where this magical girl burst forth, 
and uh, she's holding some sort of strange lockbox type item. Corin, go ahead with your turn. What would you like to do? They're between uh, 50 and 30 feet away, kind of wherever you guys would have stopped as this magical break happened. Uh, I'm going to look to the one guy who's being corrupted because uh, he's probably, he looks like a bigger fighter type person, my guess would be. Yeah, he was originally an office salesman looking guy, some sort of phone answer, but now he is wrapped in some sort of black and red evil magic. Okay, I'm going to use three shocker points, okay. and I'm going to cast Mirror Prison on him, so I need a charisma saving throw. All right, and he has advantage against magical saves. Uh, you said charisma? Correct. Uh, that's a 17. Okay, that beats. All right. Does that count as magical? Uh, just says the, uh, they have advantage on saving throws against spells and magical effects. Okay. Okay. Um, then as a bonus action, I'm going to death mark. Uh, no, as a bonus action, I'm going to activate my Sharingan. All right. And that'll be the end of my turn. All right. We then move on to... Oh, shoot. No, Virgil, that was the magical girl that has advantage on it. So uh, let me re-roll that for him. That still would have passed. That was a 14 plus 4. So um, he's still good. Sorry. Okay, we then move on to Max. All right. Would I be able to do, I guess, an acrobatic check or something with Ivysaur to try and use his vine whip to grab whatever the magical girl is holding out of her hand with Ivysaur's vine whip? Um, I'd say you could you could make the... Well, how, how far is the reach for that? Uh, vine whip, 15 feet. Okay, there... Yeah, um, I'll say she's about 10 feet floating in the air right now, so you could run up to her and do that with, like, 30 foot of movement, but it would be a strength contest, I think, to sure. to disarm her. Okay, I was going to do that. All right, then let me... There is here. All right, go ahead and uh, strength contest then. She got a 13. Yeah, 13. I I rolled very poorly, so it will not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anything else that you'd like Ivazar to do? Um. Because he would have had to run up there, but other than that, uh, bonus action for him or anything? I don't think I had any bonus actions for him. So that'll be it for now. All right. We then move on to Kiwi. All right. Um, It's been long enough that my magical form wore off. So I'm going to uh, spin my action and uh, transform me back into my magical girl form. I could say that you probably transformed on the way. I'm not going to make you give up a full action economy type turn for that. So go ahead and uh, you can keep that. Awesome. Then, I guess with that, I would like to uh, cast Witch Bolt on the magical girl. All right. That's a 13. 13's not quite enough, no. She has some sort of strange evil armor protection about her. Sorry, quick question, Bob. Yep. What would I add as a modifier to a strength check? Uh, strength modifier. Just, just that? Okay, sorry. Oh, well, I'll, I'll give you athletics if you have athletics. Uh, strength was better for the modifier. I didn't know if proficiency no. or anything would come into play. Yeah, if you had proficiency in athletics, I'd give that to you. 
Uh, you know what? Oh, I do. Okay, uh, I think it was a 13 is what I wrote. You had a 13, so uh, I meet. I, uh, meet. I think that means beat, right? Yep, meets it beats. So you are able to tear the box from her hands, and she shrieks as it goes. Uh, when Ibazar gets it, you can just you can see that it is some sort of uh, just like a black metal irony type chest or whatever, but it seems to be held closed by some sort of magical means. Okay. All right, that, and then that was still his whole turn, so I don't know if that changes your turn at all. Oh. Uh, no, not really. But thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we then move on to the magical girl. The magical girl is going to go ahead then and... Alright, so I need from everybody, because I don't think... Ibazar's the only one that's moved up, correct? Everybody else is still back there? Yep. Yep. Alright, three bolts then of lightning arc towards uh, you guys, and I'm going to go ahead and roll to see uh, who it hits. So... Um... I think I'm going to go ahead and use one another of my third level spells and try to counterspell it. Alright, probably a good idea because it's a doozy. So, and they are casting that uh, at the seventh level. Oh, okay. Rolling a 12 up. Ah, that's a 15! A 15, okay, not quite oh, enough, no. no. Sorry, 15 plus 5 for 20. Oh, alright! You are able then to cancel that chain lightning spell. And it fizzles uh, as she went to cast it. Uh, she glares at you uh, most vilely. And uh, we then move on to her minion. Her minion is going to... I need all of you to give me a dexterity saving throw. Including Avitor or not? Uh, including... Uh, well, no. Uh, not including. Excuse me. So, uh, everybody but Ibazar. DC for this is a 14. 17 per max. Alright. Anybody that rolled less than a 14 is lit up with fairy fire, so you glow uh, if you were caught in that spell. Alright, we then move on to uh, Kamina. Alright, so, um, how tough does this box look? How tough? Yeah. yeah, it's a solid metal box with some sort of arcane lock on it. You don't see a um, an actual lock on it. It just seems to be held closed. Hmm. All right. Um. Well, normally, I, you know, I would probably take the caster as being the biggest threat, but uh, I see a big, ugly brute in front of me that I want to take head on. So, uh, as a bonus action, I'm going to start intoning my my intonation. So everybody will get eight temporary hit points and. 2d8 or yeah, 2 intonation die of d8s and I will charge in at Yon Brute and attack with my epic fervor because we don't do anything by halves that is a 22 to hit yes and that will deal 7, 8, 9, 10 15 points of slashing damage to him Okay, and he needs to make a concentration save, and he passes. Well, because 15, so it would have been, yeah, he would still pass. All right, anything else coming up? That is all I can do. All right, Corin, it is your turn. All righty, let's see what I'm going to do. 
is use uh, three key points again. All right. On the actually, uh, what kind of damage does everybody do? I normally do slashing, although I can also do some thunder damage. Currently doing grass type. Um, <laughs> but we'll be switching that up for fighting and bug type shortly. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, your spells are kind of all over. Um, okay. Um, then, what I think I'm going to do then is... Um, oh! Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna uh, use Mirror Prison on the magical girl. So I use three key points, or chakra points. Uh, so I need the magical girl to give me a uh, charisma saving throw. Alright, that lowest one was, well, because it has advantage, she does. Um, so the lowest one would be a 16. Or high, right. excuse me, advantage, 16. She fails, so she immediately takes 3d6. So, let's see, 6 plus 5. 11 points of, of uh, psychic damage. Yeah, 11 points of psychic damage. Okay. And she is locked in the prison. Uh, so she has to attack to get out. Uh, she's just locked in there. Uh, and then I yell at everyone to ignore the uh, the witch for a while. Because, uh, yeah, at the end of each of her turns, she can make a save, but she has to attack a mirror first. All right. We then move on to Max. Alright, I'll call Ivysaur back with the box, uh, and then when Ivysaur is within five feet of me, I'll return him, tell him how good a job he did, and send out Little Bro. So, how far away is... Little Bro! Yeah, how far away is Kamina from me? Uh, Kamina, did you run up to attack the brute? Yep. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Uh, so then he would be about 20, 30 feet away? Alright, right next to him. You see a Heracross come out with angled, sharp sunglasses, a towel draped around him with a Sharpie showing the Team Digurin logo. Alright. And all he does is tint his glasses just enough for you to see that, you know, shine of light come off of it, and that is our turn. Alright, Kiwi, we then move on to you. Alright, um... I will just use Eldritch Blast on the, what'd you call him, a minion? Yeah. Yeah. Alright. That's a 23. Yep, that hits. Okay, so that's 3d10. That is 21 points of force damage. Alright. And I need to make a uh, concentration check. And that was an at 20. Alright. Uh, anything else, Kiwi? Um, no, that is it. Alright, we then move on to the Magical Girl. The Magical Girl swipes at one of the mirrors, and uh, what is the... Uh, repeat the save and takes half the damage, correct? Yeah, it takes half the damage of whatever they do to the mirror. Okay, that's uh, just 1d6, so... 5, so it takes 2 points of damage. And then they make another charisma save. Right. And that one was an 18 plus 2, so passes. Alright, um, and that takes her action? Yeah, her turn is done now. Okay, we then move on to, 
the minion. The minion brute is going to I fix what ain't broken. Now that you guys are all lit up with fairy fire, he is going to go ahead and swing at Amina. That will probably hit a 16 plus 5. So yeah, that'll definitely hit 21. Yep, that'll, that'll hit. Alright, and deals to you. Uh, four to one, so five plus five, so that's ten points of damage to you, Kamina. I think I can take a few more of those. Yep. Alright, uh, we then, oh uh, yeah, because I don't think it has the smite, no, this one doesn't have the smite thing. Alright, so then we move on to you, Kamina. Alright, something that I completely forgot that I had the ability to do. Uh, I am going to use my Venomous Verse feature on the magical girl. Okay. So as an action, I speak a verse that lasts until the end of my until the end of my next turn. During that time, a creature I choose within 30 feet has disadvantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saves. Ooh, okay. Alright, then that'll put a bit straight rolls in, because she has advantage yep. against most of those. Yep, and I figure that that might help uh, Virgil if he wants to uh, keep trying to lock her down out of the fight. All right. Anything and, else coming up? Um, that that is that is all I can do because I do not have a lot of bonus actions available to me. All right, Corin, it is your turn. Alrighty, then if she has disadvantage straight rolls, uh, I am going to activate my Bangekyo Sharingan and use Sukiyomi. Uh, so I'm gonna burn six chakra or six chakra points, and I need a charisma save from her. Plus two, so 16. She failed. Oh, yes. Good. Okay. Um, <laughs> that wasn't weird at all. Yeah, just the way he said that. Uh, I gotta read, read this just a little to make sure I do it correctly, because this is a weird ability. Um, uh, uh, the target is now affected. Um, they enter a world of loot. Oh, they first take uh, 3d6... Uh, 8, 9, uh, 14 points of psychic damage for failing. Alright. So, I now get three immediate attack, or three immediate actions against, uh, against them. Okay. Uh, for the purpose of attacks and spells, considered to be, be within range no matter how far away they are. So, I'm just gonna make, uh, three attacks against them. Um, that is a 16 to hit. Uh, yeah. So that is a 10 points of piercing damage. Alright. Second attack. That's even higher. That is 10 points of piercing damage. Third attack. That'll hit. And do 8 points of piercing damage. Okay. And now I need her to make one more charisma saving throw. Right. Uh, that one was higher with an 18. Okay, she passes, but she still takes damage. So she takes 66 psychic damage. Two, so 11 points of psychic damage on top of that. Alright. It's a good thing she heals a little bit every round. I mean, uh, 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 okay. We move then on to Max. Alright. Well, with Heracross little bro looking so good, we're going to have him do an arm thrust. Oh. On the minion. Oh, that should hit. That's a 
28 to hit. Yep. Okay. 21 points of fighting damage. And he goes down. Yes, which is what I was hoping for, because uh, Heracross's ability is Moxie. Upon causing an opponent to faint, Pokemon may immediately take another action. Alright. So I imagine I'm within 60 feet of the magical girl? Oh yeah. Alright, so then Heracross is immediately going to turn around and go into a pin missile. So that is a 18 to hit. Yes, that hits. Perfect. So then... So, I've done 16 points of damage so or sorry, 23 points of damage so far. But because it's a multi-hit, if I roll a d4 on a 3 or 4, I get to hit again. Nice. So, so I said it was 23 so far? Mm-hmm. Oh, 24. Um, so 24 points of damage. All right. She's not looking good, but still standing. What kind of, what type is she, Bob? <laughs> she doesn't have a type. She is a magical girl type, but not a fairy. Well, see, if it was psychic type, or fairy <laughs> type, or dark type, Thin Missile would do extra damage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alright, we then move on to Kiwi. Let's say, as, as he finishes up his attack, I'll give him a pat on the back and say, Way to go, little bro! Little he's squeezed in happiness. Okay, um, I'm gonna try casting Witch Bolt on her once again. Um, 24. Yep, that hits. Awesome. So that's uh, 5d12 lightning damage, and that each turn is now auto damage since I hit her once for one minute. That is 28 lightning damage. Alright, 28, you said? Yes. Okay. Alright, and that'll be the end of my turn. Alright, we then move on to her. She once again regens just a bit of that health. And then, um, Virgil, I need a wisdom saving throw against charm. Wisdom? Yep. 22. Ah, goddammit. Alright, you survive against that. Uh, we then move on to, because that's everything she could do, it looks like. Kamiya! Alright, I'm going to point my sword at her, and I am going to... trying to think of exactly what I want to say. Do you really think you can stand to our power? And, um, we are going to utilize epic fervor and a little bit of my tale of horror. So, Bob, that is a 24 to hit. Yep, that hits. And I need her to make a wisdom save, which she still has disadvantage, so a straight roll on. Uh, that was an 8 plus whatever, but doesn't matter. She rolled an 8. Alright, so she is now frightened of me. Oh, goodness. And my badassery. And casting that at third level makes that a... Uh, I'm going to have to roll another one. Oh, sorry, those are 3d8s. So 4d8s of damage. So that is 23 points of thunder damage to her. Alright, she is not standing by... Well, she's, you know, relatively, she's still doing alright, but compared to where she started, she is not doing good. Alright, we then move on to Corin in the top of the round. Actually, Pop? Yep? Uh, to finish up, after I, after I shout at that, I am going to run up and get right up in her face. Okay. Corin. I'm gonna just stare at her, and my eyes are still 
the cool looking shine gun, and I'm just gonna stare at her, use one shocker point, and I'm gonna say halt. So I need a wisdom saving throw. Back to where I was, that's an 18. Oh, is, isn't it disadvantage? It's not anymore because I had to, uh, because my vicious verse is, I, I didn't utilize it that turn so I could actually attack her. Yep. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> okay. Sorry. On to Max. Okay, so she's still in the air. Uh, I'm going to say no, since Kamina kind of ran up and she's taking enough damage, she's maybe floating five feet above the air, but you'd be able to hit her. She just kind of lackadaisily floating. Yep. Bob, because I was standing right in front of her, she would have disadvantage on that check. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me so it would it. be straight roll. Virgil, that'll definitely make it. She rolled a five. Okay. I used halt, which means she cannot move and will not take action. Okay, she falls to the ground with a thump. <laughs> well, if she, she's floating in the air, she stays there. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just joking about how you know kind of the fairy, fairy thing fluttering her wings, but yeah, yeah I get what but you she mean. Can, but yeah, she cannot move and she cannot take action. Okay, we are then on to Max. All right, I'm pretty. At least my hair across now listens to me, unlike last time. Oh, my thing. Sorry, Robert. Yep. Because that's a Genjutsu, and she failed, she takes damage. Oh, yeah. So that is 13 plus 5, 18 points of psychic damage. That's exactly how many health points she has. She falls to the ground with a thud, and all of a sudden, just as you guys are about to, uh, you know, dispatch her or try to interrogate her, an explosion happens right where she originally burst out of the ground and as the ground begins to quake and move around you a giant mech with the with a face in the middle of it bursts out of the ground a little bit different than the mech that uh cat tried to capture the hokage but the same basic concept and grabs the magical girl and then rockets off into the distance um, you go back here! Yes, the mountains just in the uh, uh, distance there. And you can actually see that they landed uh, between the second and the third peaks of the mountains. So you know the destination. Uh, the evil magical girl then, as she is being carried away, sends a magical psychic-y type resounding voice message behind and she says at least we'll fight again another day and this time I won't lose and she disappears with the large mech so we will go ahead then and do our reviews of what you guys thought of the classes at 12th level before uh, I give a little bit of a teaser for what 16th level play will be go ahead and take it away when you guys are ready all right, this is Virgil playing uh, Corin, the human shinobi. Uh, this session I had a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, with the new abilities that Reality Skull, uh, being able to just shut down a number of people in the battle was very useful. Just blocking them off and just taking them out of the fight completely. Also, uh, one thing I'm noticing is with fighting creatures that have resistance or advantage versus magical effects, the Genjutsu style is now going to be a little bit harder to play because um, it's all based around saves and seeing through the uh, the Genjutsus. So now it's going to be a little bit harder. That being said, having uh, a partner uh, like Micah's character where it imposes disadvantage really is going to help out this type of play style. Uh, uh, I like being able to use the uh, Sukiyomi 
I think if I had different jutsus, uh, I could have done a little bit more with it because I do get three actions that I can use. However, none of my other jutsu really would have worked in combination there uh, with that. So I just basically did dagger attacks, which still did quite a bit of damage, but I was hoping to do a little bit more. The other thing is, it seems like you have a lot of chakra, but I burn, you burn through them so quickly. I only had, I had 18 chakra max, and I only had two left by the end of this encounter. So it burns through them pretty quick, especially when it costs six points to use one ability, seven for another, and whatnot. Overall, I found this class to be very fun. Uh, in this session, I just I felt very useful being able to shut down opponents, being able to trap them for a while, dish out damage, kind of control the battlefield in a fun, interesting way instead of, you know, turn them into a chicken or uh, something like that. Okay, now they're locked down. They have to hurt themselves to get out. Uh, just kind of, or put them in a box. They can't do anything. Uh, with the Genjutsu Reality Sculpt, it's completely up to the imagination and then the DM working with it for these kind of possibilities. So that is level 12 Shinobi. I am happy with it so far, and I am looking forward to level 16 Shinobi. There's going to be a lot of fun things to add in. Alright, this is Hope playing uh, Keeley. So going into this level, I didn't really have much new coming just from the Cosmic Guardian. But, uh, as I said in the beginning, uh, the ability was the strength of stars. It makes me immune to poison, disease, and friend abilities. I didn't really get to have that come into play too much, or, well, kind of at all this game, but I still think that would be super useful, and I'm excited to see if I could use it at all uh, going into the coming games. Uh, looking back at just some of the past abilities that I've gotten, Specifically, like the Magicka form. Uh, last game, I got it bumped up to where I could spend an action to get to last for 10 minutes, and so far, this new magical form is just the most useful thing ever. The temporary health points is just really nice to have on hand. Uh, I love being able to use my charisma as a modifier for attack damage, uh, ability checks, and saving throws, um, and that just really helped quite a bit with just overall playing. I've also really enjoyed some of the spells that I've been able to get through taking the Cosmic Guardian as my patron. Uh, this time I really focused on trying to use Steel Wind Strike because that was the new one I picked up and I thought that one was really interesting and fun to use and so I was really excited that I was able to pick that up as part of the Cosmic Guardian. Uh, overall, again, this was, since it is just a patron, uh, not a lot really is different from uh, just kind of your normal Warlock. I appreciate the other spells that you get just from the Warlock list. I love the invocations. Those really came in handy a lot this time. Uh, but yeah, overall, so far, I think uh, that having the Cosmic Guardian is pretty well balanced and I really like all the fun little tributes we get from it. So thank you to at the biggest group on Reddit who, who created this. So this uh, th this skull class is actually pretty fun, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't get to utilize quite as many features as I really wanted to because once again a lot of the utilization of features of this class comes from my allies using or taking advantage of the intonation die that I grant them. 
but um, still just having having the extra spell slots, being able to utilize that counter spell to uh, shut down some big incoming hits was pretty clutch. Um, hoping to utilize that a little bit further in the future. Um, got to utilize one of the uh, specially built Scald spells that Ace did a wonderful job with in the form of the Tale of Horror that frightens and damages and does horrible things to their minds. Um, just beyond that, you know, the, the thankfully the never-ending story did not, I didn't have to use that. That being said, this is the third session in a row where I was uh, unconscious for at least one round in a fight. Thank, thank you, uh, Venus or Ivysar. But other than that, it's it's a wonderful class. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh, except my my only regret is that because I'm playing this so fluff heavy, you know, I, I I don't feel like I'm quite taking advantage of it as well as I could. But at the same time, I'm still having a lot of fun with it. And uh, yeah, you know, definitely take a peek see at it. All right, it's not Rhino back playing Max Jones, the Pokemon trainer. Uh, Definitely loving this. I have to give a huge shout out to Joe the DM or Jagged Sun on the Reddit, uh, Pokemon 5e subreddit, in case you want to check it out. There is still so much that I could be using that I just don't have the opportunity to show you guys in this, just because it is such a comprehensive guide. I am feeling like the Pokemon trainer I want to be like. I love to use the Pokemon, the skill checks, the ability to do things like use Ivysaur's Vine Whip to grab things. Thank you, Bonk. Um, and just the customization right down to the Pokemon's own stat sheet, the trainer and how to interact, the fact that we share a turn and all the things we can do, it, it feels amazing. I didn't feel overly strong or weak. I definitely could see a lot of trainers doing different things because at this level, I just need a, my five Pokemon combined to have a level of 55. So I could have had a very strong single Pokemon or what I did is everyone about the same level. I cannot wait for level 16. Cool things with my trainer path comes up. And I just can't wait to be back again next week. Now that you guys have taken down the magical girl, or, you know, taken out the magical girl, and then she retreated along with the giant gunman, that chest that you were had in your hands was held shut by her magic. So now that she is out of range... The top very easily comes up, and Micah, or Kamina, you immediately recognize this little item as a drill-shaped pennant, and you know exactly what it goes to. <laughs> Pretty much. And now not only do you have the key to a gunman, you also know the location of where those possible gunmen are. So I'm assuming you guys set out immediately, or at least Kamina just takes off running that direction regardless of what the rest of the party is doing. Oh yeah, I grab, I grab that portrait and I start booking it. Cross is right behind you. Alright, we will go ahead then and break from here. When we pick up next time, we'll be in the uh, kind of Micah Kamina's show-off spot with a Gurren Logan type battle. So thank you guys very, very much. Go ahead and say goodbye. Bye! Goodbye! <laughs> thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. 
And if you are able, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska for all of your gaming needs.